Hello, everyone. Welcome to another episode of the Gospel Coaching Podcast. This is Josh. I'm on staff here at Redeemer. Uh, it is great to be with you again, and I am joined by our pastors, Paul and Andy. You guys want to say hi? Happy summer. We have a summer podcast. It's our first kind of getting back in the swing of it, so it's, it's good to be back. Yeah. How about you, Paul? Hey, man. It's good to see you all. It's a good summer so far. Great. Yeah. Good to hear it. How's your biking going, Paul? Um, I went twice last week and felt pretty good about it. So we'll see if Have I can go once this week. Have you ever fallen off your bike? Because you no, tend to I take haven't. a lot I'm not of, a follower off my biker. Like, like I'm not. Story pictures from your phone yeah. in the middle of your bike ride. Yeah. I don't know. Like, <laughs> but you don't I'm fall. I'm pretty, okay. I don't know what the right word is, but just kind of safety minded. I don't do anything too crazy. You know, don't take any jumps or hop any curbs or anything. Grind any rails. You know, I, I try to. <laughs> I'm be, sorry. Try to be safe. I'm getting the middle picture, <laughs> and that just sounds like a lot of fun. I just try to be really safe. So, the first, Josh, first, I mean, uh, Paul, the first few times I saw your um, your maps pop up on Facebook or something, I initially thought it was. I was just looking at that, but I thought, oh, I see Paul, and I th- think I see how far you've gone, and like, uh-huh. the miles are the biggest thing on those graphics. And I'm like, wow, he's running a lot. Exactly. And and then I'm like, oh, he's biking, which is more than I do. So it's still oh, awesome. Yes. Don't get me wrong. Yes. But now I'm used to now. I, right. I want to see those maps pop up. Oh, no. Like, what? Did, what? Did, how far did he go across Norma today? But that first couple of times, it's like, dude, Paul Kingery is training for my brother-in-law. Marathon. My brother-in-law was like, your pace was 14 miles per hour. Like he thought I was running. And I was like, yeah. Is that is that good? No, sorry. <laughs> Josh is a runner, so he's like. I was possible. just thinking about when you were talking about how safety-minded you are as a cyclist. That like a sort of normal morning route. There's a spot where I've tripped multiple times, even though I know that I've tripped there before. I always trip on the same spot every time. So I, I don't know. You should wear. I, I've sort of practiced a little bit of a barrel roll where I, I know I'm going to trip. It's going <laughs> to yeah. happen. I'm just going to have to roll and get back up. It's dangerous, so, man. I'm getting older, and it's getting it, harder to yeah, get back right? up. Yeah, right. Seriously. Yeah. That's why I don't run or bike. That's why. Or do anyway, <laughs> you played pickleball. I remember I did play pickleball. you played pickleball that one time. Me and the other 70 year olds mm-hmm. out there on the yeah. pickleball court. It's excellent. But that, we're not here to talk about pickleball, are we, Josh? That's next week. Oh, next oh, week. This week we so have fun. company. Uh, Jeremy, you want to introduce yourself? Yeah, my name is Jeremy Hager. I'm uh, one of the pastors um, at Providence Road Church here in Norman. That um, my wife and I had the uh, privilege uh, to plant. Uh, about ten years ago, ish, depending on when you start the clock. <laughs> okay. Yeah, on that. So when do yeah. you start the clock? You know, w- I mean, we moved here with six people, and we were we saw ourselves as a church from okay. day one. Okay. So I think by the, the the biblical definition of a church, I would say we're that's that's the longest, right? So mm-hmm. we're probably eleven years if you count that. Yeah. But public gathering, like uh, you know, our our primary um, sending organization was Acts 29 and they have kind of a membership you come into. And mm-hmm. so that's kind of saying you're, you're, you're viable. You've been checked out. We think you're going to make it kind of number. And that number is probably like nine years. So it, t- it took us like two years to get to that point. Yeah. We're, so we're in this a decade in, mm-hmm. I still not sure we're viable. Like, I don't know if that's just trauma from the last <laughs> 10 years of planting, but I'm like, I, I think we're going to make it to next week. Like I still have, do you yeah. still have that in you? Or are you like, nah, we're good. Uh, yeah, there's a little bit of that. Just, I think I don't know if it ever. I mean, hopefully it didn't go away because I think that's the the, the entrepreneur like in us, which is good. But I think there is yeah. a little bit more of a of a an, an exhale of like, yeah. okay, I, I I think we're good. It's like we, you know, I can see us going for fifty years here. Whereas maybe in year one, it was like 
I could we're see thinking this going like, for 50 minutes. We're here. thinking, yeah, we're just thinking of like six month or year long increments. Yeah. But now it's like, well, what, what would it look like for, you know, me to pass this off in 50 years or whatever, yeah. you know, or 30 years, I don't know, whatever. That's kind of a little bit what we're going to talk about today. The The idea of the podcast is just simply, uh, we love Prov Road. Prov Road, we've, uh, probably the church that we've done the most stuff with and just we've shared worship service times, uh, uh, resources, encouragement, just as pastoral staff, we know each other and, and we're for each other. And so number one, we just love Prov Road. We love you. It's great to, to serve God together in the, the city together. Um, for our listeners here at Redeemer, the idea of the podcast is really an opportunity for uh, them to be able to, con- to hear some of the conversations that we're in on. And so we're asking you here not really to set out your 15-point plan for uh, how to effectively integrate theology and missiology in the four-year-old class. You know, with cycling. Yes, Did with cycling. Yes. Oh, there. Okay, there we go. Okay, okay with thank you. Sandy. Cycling. Peloton yeah. equipment. <laughs> Uh, it's much more of just we want to kind of ask how are you doing? How's Prov Road doing? And what are y'all what are y'all studying? Because I know that you're a faithful pastor and leader and preaching through and guiding through your church. I kind of want to just share that with my church and I kind of walk through that. And uh, we were talking a little bit before we got started. And, you know, I don't know how many people at Redeemer understand, Jeremy, how much you've poured in and supported and helped educate Redeemer on how to do missional communities and how to, to do this. You've been a, a constant companion in, in kind of figuring this out. And so I know that you spend a ton of time with Paul talking about, uh, y'all call them missional communities or MCs, we call them regroups, but really that same heart of being able to gather. And so we kind of want to walk through that uh, uh, just in you know the short time we have together. So kind of what have y'all been studying? I, we texted a little bit earlier about this mm-hmm. today. Yep. You've just finished up a study and you're kind of, yep. so where did you finish up and where yeah. you headed to? We started um, in the book of First Corinthians uh, back in, I think it was January or February, I think it was February of 2020. Okay. So we got like six, maybe six sermons in. We got like, we're in the middle of chapter two and then the pandemic happens, we okay. shut down and we felt like it's probably better off that we didn't try to plow through this series and we knew it was going to be a long one um, during all this because just so many unknowns so we shifted to do a a, a few standalone type things once at the beginning of the pandemic and then we moved into psalms we did psalms for about three months straight uh just felt like it was a good thing to do while everybody was at home and something to grab onto to for people to go pray on their own about those kinds of things and then we it also is good for people to come to church to hear sermons about the psalms too Yes, because we just yes. started doing that oh, okay. this week. Okay, so. okay. I'm, I'm picturing I'm picturing Jeremy in chapter two, and he's like, "I decided to know nothing but Jesus Christ and Him crucified," and then the world goes dark. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> he's like, yeah. yeah. Okay, I really, yeah. Jesus Christ and yeah. crucified. Yeah, yeah. But, so you you shifted to that, and, yeah. yeah. And then back in in August when we when we were able to gather again under all the precautions and stuff, we went back into Corinthians. Okay, so we've been there. I mean, it's total, it's 36 weeks, yeah. but with a few breaks with Advent and all this, we did 36 weeks, you know, for about a, it was a 16 chapter book. So we're, we're, we got two, a little over two, um, weeks per chapter in first Corinthians. You know, I don't yeah. know if, uh, unless you're preparing Sunday to Sunday, mm-hmm. you know, sermons and walking through books of the Bible and stuff. I, I think there's unique thoughts that we think about that not necessarily our church thinks mm-hmm. about, but you and I've had this discussion before. How does it feel when you're trying to figure out how to pace 
a letter that historically probably was just, they stood up and read, mm -hmm. you know, you read through it and, and we're spending more than half of a year on a book walking through that. And, and it, you're trying to find the right pace. So you're, you're even doing the math here and you're like, all right, so about two sermons, every chapter, did that feel fast? Did that feel slow? What, how did you yeah. kind of walk through that? It's funny. We were just having a conversation this morning in a meeting. So this is fresh in my mind, but yeah. We, so I felt like, um, it felt pretty good. Um, I think, um, I get the, if I try to put myself in there, in, in our people, she's, I get at the, at the end, like, did this, is this dragging? Like we're in, mm -hmm. we're in the thirties as far as weeks go here. Is this dragging? Is this too much? And so, um, but my tendency is always to, to, to go for more content. So okay. this is, this is a conversation we have kind of critiquing my preaching of like, I, I think it's more helpful for me if I have less content in the chapter. So I, I would be better off with, with shorter passages. Okay. Um, because I'm going to try to fit it all in. Yeah. And the danger of taking 30 verses like the guys giving me feedback, we're saying sometimes it's just too much. It's too much yeah. information. We feel like you're going fast. And so, um, so I think, I think the way we did it is about right. Um, and, and, and as we've done, as I think back on some of the epistles we've done, I feel like two weeks of chapters been about right. Yeah. It typically puts you in between like eight and 15 verses. And I think that's, that's pretty, pretty safe, but I would have a tough time doing like the Hey, I'm going to take this chapter and pull out the main idea of the chapter and theme it around that main idea. And I know that's still, I would consult that can consider that still expositional preaching, expository yeah. preaching. But for me, it's, it's just, I feel like I'm leaving too much on the table when I do it yeah. that way. So I lean more towards trying to cover every verse if I can, mm -hmm. um, at least in an epistle, because yeah. I feel like those, those, those prepositions are important and the order mm -hmm. is important and the therefores are important. And so that's, in, in epistles, gospels, Old Testament narrative, maybe a little bit different, but yeah. Paul, as you preach and you kind of go through that, what do you, because a lot of times we take our sermons and actually take them into our regroups and have questions and discussion about it. Do you feel like overloaded, underloaded, you know, wh when you end up getting a passage and you're preaching it, how do you feel? I think the only time that recently that I felt a little bit thrown off because I do, you know, I only preach every five or six weeks or something like that. Um, sometimes longer than that. And so recently, uh, I preached two back to back in first Timothy because I think maybe one of you, one of y'all got sick or something like that. And, uh, and that was weird. Like that, like going back to back that. So I was like, Oh, that's what that feels like to kind of go back to back. Usually I put so much time into like one sermon and then it was like, no, you're gonna do this again. And I was like, excuse me. Um, oh, okay. and so like, that was kind of an interesting experience. Yeah. I don't think I've ever done that before. Um, I don't know if that's what you're, what you're yeah. asking or whatever. Well, and but. to me, when we're walking through and all those prepositions matter, and to me, it, I mean, the books, you know, we read the Bible, we, we go and look at the scholarly research, and in the scholarly research, you know, you have a 16-chapter book, and the scholarly research and the books that you have are 600-page books. And so you're like, it's, it's, it's kind of, it can be endless. Yeah. yeah. And I think at times we have to be careful that we don't zoom in so much that it loses the, the context. So what I always struggle with is I'm like, okay, so I'm going to start and let me just summarize everything that I've ever done. So like, I feel like my sermon number 36 is like 90%. Let me walk you through the whole book as we got here <laughs> because it's the context matters. Yeah. And so I, I think that's a, that's a, that's something that you can be, you know, 
If you're listening to something, you can pray for your pastors about because we're wanting to do that. But we also want to make it accessible for somebody who's walking in for the very first time. Yeah. Not like, um, hey, listen, we're so glad you're here visiting. Will you please go back and listen to 37 hours of sermons <laughs> yeah. so that you can catch up with us? Yeah, yeah that's that's that struggle. I, in that balance. I feel that like I feel that can happen in our groups, too. Like, you know, one of our groups is doing um, like read the Bible in a year. Right. Okay. And listen to the podcast yeah. together. And so like when, if an outsider drops into that, how do they kind of line up with that? How do they do that? And so, you know, at Redeemer, we don't necessarily have a church-wide curriculum that goes out for all of our regroups. There's some autonomy there, and they can kind of do what they want. So at Prop do you Road, do that? I was going to ask yeah, you, like, yeah. at Prop Road, do, do your groups kind of line up with sermons, or is it kind of just like topical? or A little this? both. Okay. We provide um, questions every week. They're not. It's not a curriculum, um, and, and those questions aren't necessarily building off the previous weeks other than just the text. Okay. So we're saying read the text ask these five questions, gotcha. not the same questions every week. So we are, we are creating new questions every week, but we are trying to, um, we're trying to, to, to create questions that are not too specific. We're imagining yeah. a discussion in, in a living room. Yeah. So we're trying to keep it on gospel centrality, loving others, loving outsiders. How does this intersect with people who don't know Jesus? How would this apply in your MC tonight? Right. So those kind of questions, when we push them to MCs, we try to, not make it too um, like rigid or something. Or, yeah. Or, or, or kind of prevent rabbit trails on yeah. things that may um, now some groups still do it and want to do it. And that's fine. And ask for further resources and reading on things. But, but I think probably in any given time, probably half of our groups are probably doing that. And the other half are doing some form of like what you described Bible through a year or, Hey, we're going to yeah. go through the, the gospel of Luke together. Right. Yeah. Or there's this uh, gap. So that's kind of, well, that's cool. Because when you're talking about missional communities, you are talking about that the idea behind them is life mm-hmm. is that you're going to be in this missional community yeah. for life mm-hmm. for forever. For, that's why kids are there. That's why adult teenagers, adults, they, they're all there is because like, no, this is how we live life together mm-hmm. and have gospel conversations. And so I've always thought that's one of the strong things that you do, Paul, in giving that autonomy to those groups is because if they're doing it for life, then it probably shouldn't be some four-step thing that you're going to do mm-hmm. over six weeks. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah. Got a lot more weeks this year plus mm-hmm. another 10 years. And so it has to be able to have some fluidity yeah. of that. And there are going to be times in the groups. I, I, like we've had groups where uh, we had college students and some uh, older youth. And it was all about let's talk about hot button issues and discussions and topics and stuff like that. And then there's been other times where I've had regroups where they've, there are no kids or there, there are a, a thousand kids there. And the, the Bible conversation is God created the world. All right, now let's break up and just run after the kids. This family's this one, that kid, that family's this one, this kid. Yeah. Yeah. And it's so a you, lot, man. And so you kind of do that. And so Josh, I know that you're kind of stepping into this and y'all are about to, to start a, a regroup. Yeah. What, what, what do you want when you hear us kind of talk about that Sunday sermon? How do you, in your regroup, if you can kind of just dream and, and, and figure out what do you want that to look like and yeah. connect with? Can you pull out your launch plan and just kind of read? Yeah, let me I'm just okay. give a little sales pitch for the, Thanks, the Main Street regroup starting right. up. Um, their, their name is, we're the main regroup. Mm-hmm. That, that's Because they live on Main Street. Because they may not live on uh, Main Street. And I'm like, 
Can you back me up here for a second? Uh, this is a complete rabbit trail. Don't just you I wanted Don't you I wanted on the record uh-oh. that you support my campaign against naming rights. Naming rights for regroups. Because now we have the Moore regroup because they met in Moore and then they moved out of Moore and moved to Norman. And so now they're just the Moore regroup because they, they want more regroup. They're just M-O-R-E. Now we have the main regroup. We have we have fellowship regroup. And I'm like, yes, please go to this regroup. They're the only ones that fellowship. I, I like I felt like that was a little bit uh, a little bit presumptuous of branch. And then so you're uh, cool with street names. It's, it's a location. Okay. It's where it should be. Okay. Okay. Just I just need just quickly say I support you, Andy. I can't give you that. Oh, okay. Some All right, never mind. Never mind. I, don't, I agree we'll with edit, a lot we'll, of what you said. We'll edit, we'll edit that. Out. <laughs> no. Okay. I'm sorry, Josh. No, no. Um, <laughs> I think it's interesting thinking about different churches we've been a part of and how they've sort of done communities. And the last church that we were at, whenever we lived in Massachusetts, they did something like you did where they provided sort of a, I think it was a bit more of a guided curriculum for groups, but it was not a requirement. So our group never went through it, but lots of groups did. So there was a resource available for groups to follow along with the sermon series if they wanted that, or they could do their own thing. Um, so I think I think that our plan as we start our regroup, we're, we're planning on doing a sort of study of spiritual disciplines, okay. um, which isn't strictly speaking following any current sermon series at Redeemer. Um, but as often happens with the Bible and the Holy Spirit, these things yeah. are not disconnected yeah. in any way. Right. So, um, yeah, I, I, think I, they, I they, they flow together a lot. Yeah, like to me, that's the I always get the I don't know if you do, but. I just go, no, that's the Holy Spirit. They're like, oh, did y'all plan this? Like, oh, we're going through this. Is that why you brought that up? And I'm like, no, no, we're just preaching God's word. <laughs> so, so, so I'm really great. excited to see how, as we're starting going through the Psalms, how our conversations, even though we're not studying the Psalms on Monday nights in our regroup, yeah. they're going to probably draw on what we're learning as we go through the Psalms during the summer, you know? Yeah. Um, and so it'll be interesting to see how those conversations happen with you, Paul, as we talk about oh, yeah. sort of integrating our quote unquote, our study with what the church is going through and recognizing that actually like none of this is your sermon series or my Bible study. This is all like God's show that he's running. Well, that's, that's awesome. And I think that's, I get so excited when I hear our church interacting with it, with the sermon series, with what's going on in regroups in there. You love that kind of cross connection Mm -hmm. of it. That's kind of bound together. And so you're moving away from Jeremy, you're moving away from kind of first Corinthians, what what's that? Uh, what's that nugget? I preached through First Corinthians a little bit uh, a few years ago, and so um, what's the thing that I missed that you want to be able to share with Redeemer <laughs> and encourage them from First Corinthians? This is where we find out if you've been listening to Andy's sermon series every week. So I actually <laughs> did well. T- well, I won't. I'm afraid I'll get somebody in trouble there. But no, I was. I was for a while. I was for a while, <laughs> and then we. We had some technical difficulties. I can't, I can't find them, basically. <laughs> oh, man. We changed platforms and yeah. they kind of disappeared. Yeah. We're working on the back uh, backlog. Yeah. So uh, early on, I did, though. Um, yeah, I think it was interesting that, and again, Holy Spirit, God's providence thing, of uh, starting this book with everything it touches on in 2020. And we started this again two months before all this happened. And, and we're talking about, um, you know, the pandemic. Um, racial tensions, one of the most you know contested elections that we've seen for sure in my lifetime, and there was just so much angst and tension. And um, this was a really great book. Sometimes really difficult because it, you, you almost couldn't go through the text without 
people taking those things and applying it mm-hmm. to whatever team yeah. they were on at the time. Yeah. And yeah. so it, it, the big piece that I think often gets, I don't think it's, I don't think it's highlight. Oftentimes we think of spirit, the spiritual gifts conversation, or we think yeah. of uh, chapter 15 on the resurrection or um, some other, these different, um, that just the, the, the rampant sin that was in this church, um, uh, some, some teaching on gender and marriage that comes yeah. up. Um, so all of those are issues that I think you would see why those would be hard issues to cover. But maybe the most important one I think is um, throughout the thread that we kept seeing in Paul was was um, getting these brothers and sisters in Christ to um, to give their give their fellow uh, church member or, or a Christian the benefit of the doubt mm. in kind of areas of conscience in areas of like idolatry and he gets it. A lot of it centers around there with the, the meat offered to yeah. idols in the temple yeah. there. And, and, and you have Gentiles and Jews mixing here and all of that. But I think those apply, those can apply. Yeah. They did apply to a lot of the things that we were going through and still are going through of how we're going to approach safety in the pandemic. Yeah. And yeah. are we doing the right thing as a church? And how much should we say about what is happening in the world? And well, this person believes this about this thing happening in the world. How should I, how, what should my posture be to them? Should I call them out? Or is this a, just my conscience issue? And I, is this between God and I, and I can't, you know, have them, um, like lay my conscience. So all those things. So I think this idea of just with these, these issues that come up between brothers and sisters in Christ, so they'll continue to come up. How do we love one another like in the midst and through these? And I don't think that's often seen in first Corinthians at like from a topical standpoint, but I think it's the thread from the beginning where he says, well, some, some follow Apollo, some follow Paul, Peter, you know? And so even they were kind of choosing sides. This is a place where they wanted to be on the winning team, the right team, the successful team. And Paul just is having none of that through the whole book. He kind of comes after that. And I think that's really important for us, for sure in our church, but I think for all churches in this day and age. You know, I, I think I, I, uh, I really do love uh, chapter 13 where he's talking about Christian love. Yeah. But I think I love it for what it actually says, not what people kind of glorify it to say. Mm-hmm. And so I always laugh when I have a, a young couple, I'm going to officiate their wedding and they go, Oh yeah, let's do like first Corinthians 13. I'm like, you realize the train wreck that first Corinthians 13 is, it's just talking about, hold on. This is actually what it looks like to love. Mm-hmm. It's patience. It's long suffering. It's, it, it, it's love, love never fails. Yeah. Wow. Like the idea that I feel like I've seen things fall apart and you go, if it's falling apart, then we're not loving well. Mm-hmm. And that, and that call to it is a huge thing. And so I'm glad that you got to share that and kind of walk that walk, uh, uh, your church through that. And so where are y'all kind of transitioning? You've kind of been in first Corinthians mm-hmm. and, uh, uh, but where are y'all kind of yep. headed now? We're jumping straight in. Actually, we started it, um, well, as we're recording, this started it yesterday. Okay. Um, and for the for the month of June, we are doing a, um, a series on church planting. Okay. I, I preached yesterday talking about the why, kind of looking at a 50,000-foot view of Scripture of why church planting. Yeah. And why do we even call it that? I think it's a, it's a weird to put church and planting together. I think that's weird for people who 
don't really talk in churchy lingo or even church yeah. leadership lingo. Yeah. Um, so really talking about what do we mean by church planning and then talking about seeing the thread from the Old Testament to Jesus, to the church in Acts, to now where we are at and just the, the calling that we have that making disciples should turn into church plants and church planting should begin with making disciples. So those kind yeah. of two things we looked at. And, and then the next three weeks we were bringing in three different church planners that we either sent out or we support and we're Wonderful. connected to, and they're all preaching the next three weeks. That's so, and That's they're, awesome. and we're, they're all from a different context. So it's kind of cool. We're setting it up where uh, we're doing uh, a church and uh, planting a church in a college town, planting a church in a, in a, in a more smaller town, rural, rural ish. And then, um, and then planting a church um, in, um, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, a, in, Oh, in the South. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So college town, what is the planning a church in the deep South, which yeah. is where um, one of our church planners is at. And, um, and then yeah, church planting. Um, yeah. I think I covered all those in the so, yeah, South college rural. and rural. Yes. Those three contexts. And so I just want to, you said that yesterday, all you did was just preach church planting through the whole scripture. So is that why you had the conversation yeah. earlier today about um, covering like 15 verses? Because that seems like that was probably more than 15 no, verses. No, what, what was great about, no, because they, they, they actually give me a little bit of like, hey, you did better than the previous weeks yesterday on this thing. But because it was so much, I think I knew going in, like I'm I'm literally covering, like yeah. I'm going through the whole scripture. So I I was, I, I had the, the governor on myself of like, I, I can't do all the content. Yeah. So I have to pick. And I think that forced me into saying, I've got the, instead of I've got these 20 verses I have to get through because I was bouncing around. The well, and, and, it, and it's like, to me, it sounds like, like I'm, that's what I'm going to go back and listen to. Cause I, I do love hearing, especially you share that vision uh, that church planting is not something that was invented in 2010 when Prov Road and Redeemer were just getting started. Mm -hmm. Church planting is actually something that all of scripture, it, it is the, it is the missional call of, mm -hmm. of scripture. Mm -hmm. And it's the it, it is the making of households. So we just went through First Timothy and Second Timothy, and it's talking about the household of God. It's a, like it is the planting of households and going out. Mm -hmm. And so I think that's uh, that's great. I'm so I'm glad you're getting to bring some people in uh, to do that. How do you how does that line up with uh, kind of the vision for y'all's MCs or kind of what do you think that what do you want that to, what do you want to happen in your MCs? kind of in connection with this church planting yeah. over the summer. Yeah. I think that the big application point I laid out yesterday, was just this, this idea of like um, reproducing disciples, which kind of hits at um, you being the type of person that reproduces. And then you have like using your influence where God has placed you to reproduce yourself and others, um, which church planting that that's done at the macro level, right? Churches planting more churches. So what does it look like for you to reproduce yourself in someone else's life and kind of talking about we've created like MCs are there for that. I mean, that's really it because we know that can't happen just on Sundays. And so you have to invest yourself deeply in other people's lives, people, your brothers and sisters in Christ and people who are outside the church. And so that's kind of how the lane I'm really talking about in it. And then it also just being more aware of church planning. Do you know who our church planners are? 
Um, this is when we give money to different church planters. This is where it's going, yeah. continuing. Oh, and we and I stood up and just said, hey, in two or three years, um, I expect some of you to be on the stage and us sending you out with church plants. So actually, yeah. instead of it being, oh, that's for some guy they're going to bring in with a seminary degree to send out to preach, you know. No, it's like if we are going to send somebody, may, that may be the kind of person we send, but they need to be surrounded by people like you sitting in your yeah. seats right now. So who's it going to be in two or three years? And so just yeah. that of it, that there's this possibility that I could be sent out with a church plant. So I think it starts in MCs, just that everyday life on mission stuff that you talk, you all talk about, yeah. we all talk about and highlighting that that is connected to church planting. And um, this is like on the ground micro level. This is kind of in the air macro level of church planning. Well, I think it's powerful to give that picture. We got to give the picture of Grace Depp. She graduated from college and she moved to San Diego okay, to be a part of a church plant. Sweet. And we're like, everybody keeps going, oh, so oh, you got a job there? And like, she has no like, job lined up. Yet. She has no job. Yeah. She's like, yeah. no, I got connected with this church and I feel like God wants me to go move there, be a missionary. Oh, so, which, oh, so you're going to be a full-time ministry? No, I'm not going to be a full-time ministry. I'm, I'm going to this church yeah. to be a part of a church plant that like that's there's a sending nature to mm-hmm. it. And so that's great. Paul, what about you? How do you kind of, w- when you hear Jeremy kind of talk in their NCs, what does that kind of, uh, uh, spur in you? Yeah. For uh, groups? yeah. Uh, I'll try to do this kind of quickly, but like I've told Jeremy this before. Um, but the first time that I was like, when I was stepping into becoming a pastor, you know, you put me through the ringer of, you're going to meet with this guy and this guy and this guy, and you're going to talk about all these different things um, as part of my training. And so with with Hager, it was like we went to uh, uh, Michelangelo's. If you haven't been there, it's delicious. Um, went to Michelangelo's, and we sat down, and he's like, okay, here's a situation, gospel that situation. So he was like the first person, I feel like, that was using that language, I don't know when it was like 2012, 2013, of gospeling this thing. Uh-huh. And, that you know, that stuck with me. And, you know, you brought up, First Corinthians 15 um, earlier, and just the necessity for just remember the gospel, like remember all of that. Um, and so I feel like that's been something that that I'm that I'm taking away is just the importance of telling the gospel yeah. story over and over and over again in our regroups. Um, and even like you know, I could probably talk to Josh about this too, but I don't know. Maybe we should do some questions, you know, that we can hand out to our groups or something like that. We we kind of do leave it kind of open ended for people, um, but that might be a be a helpful thing. So, well, I, I, Jeremy, thank you for your time. It's, it's good for us to be able to get together. Is there anything that you just kind of something that came to mind as our, over our talk that you just kind of want to, uh, uh kind of share with the, the church? It, this is Redeemer people who listen to this and just, uh, to encourage them, uh, just to how we can be praying for or how we can support Prov Road, you, uh, just because I, I think one of the blessings of being a church in Norman is that we get to be in it. Uh, in Norman with Prov Road and, and with you and serve beside you. So wh- how can we pray for you? Is there something that you can share that we can kind of be uh, j- just uh, bearing that burden with y'all? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think throughout the last year and I think um, the, the two things that I think um, we for sure want church prayer for, and I think any church probably can ask for it right now, but one is unity, mm-hmm. the gospel, but then, two, I think is um, that we have the right posture to all the changes that are happening in our world right now. And I feel like the natural bent is for the church to retreat, the church to become defensive, the church to like 
try to hold on to the ground that we already have mm-hmm. instead of like taking more ground. The, the, the verse that came up, we, we preached on it in the church plane talk was where Jesus says that I'm going to build my church and that the gates of hell, the gates of hell will not prevail against it. And, you know, there Jesus is in an offensive posture. Like the gates are a defensive thing. And he's saying the church is on the move. Like I'm on the move. I'm, I'm uh, the, the Holy spirit's going. We see this, even if the church is lost ground here, churches are closed here. Like we know in other parts of the world that I mean, there's massive just revivals taking place. And so um, Jesus is going to build this church. And as churches, I want to be in an offensive posture in asking, what are we going to do to continue to love people? Well, preach the gospel, even when things are um, feel, or we get the sense that they're maybe hard or difficult or our world's pulling apart at the seams. And the last thing, and I want to, this is to, for redeemer people. Um, it's hard, I think, for churches own pastors to say this, but I'll just say that that uh, you have amazing leaders from elders to deacons to staff people, and I think uh, encourage them, love them, um, um, ask how they're doing, um, um, not in just the big things, but in the small things as well. And it's hard for I think a, a pastor to ask that or say that. For his own people. So I'm going to take the opportunity to, to say it to Redeemer people. You have amazing pastors, love them well, and um, let's let's help them do this for the long haul because they love you all well. Well, thank you, man. We do love you. I, I love serving with you. Uh, I remember we were walking downtown Oklahoma City uh, a number of years ago and you looked at me and you go, you know, God's church thrives in the margins, in the difficulty, in the struggle. When we're weak, the Bible promises that he's strong. And so I, I just want to say I love the idea of an offensive posture, even though, because I do think you're right. I think our natural reaction is to pull back. But I do think that this is a time, and I'm praying for revival, praying mm-hmm. for, for God to move uh, uh, in the margins, not in the, not by my, nor by power, but by my spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. So, the Lord. so thank you so much for your yeah. time. Yeah, thanks. Yeah, thank you all.